Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to season two, episode. I I do believe it's ten. This is our second take of this. I'm pretty sure it's ten of the Bruins and Bruins podcast, a the hockey podcast network podcast presented by Bruins diehards and sponsored by Save More Spirits, a drinkable podcast you can taste. My name is Cam Hazard. We've got great friend of the pod Nick Lanciani joining us, or really just me once again because it's really just me and him. Nick, how are we doing tonight? Well, it looks like it's a Bruins and Bruins date night, so I'd say it's going pretty well. Hell yeah. I also feel weird calling you Nick instead of Lancey, so I'm going to stop doing that now. By all means, um, call me Lancey as much as you want. Hell yeah. We are going to uh, do a little World Junior Championship recap right here from the uh, reigning World Junior Hockey Champions United States of America. But first, a little something from our sponsor. This episode, like the last couple you've listened to, is sponsored by Save More Spirits. Check them out for all of your beer, wine, and liquor needs. They have all of the macro brews, literally every single one of them. Uh, as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over locations in Somerville, Medford, Cambridge, Malden. You can also do online ordering through Drizzly and Mini Bar. If you want to learn more about that, check out their website, savemorespirits.com. That's savemore, S A V M O R S, and then pirates.com. Uh, kind of a weird spot to cut it off with the pirates, but there's no E in there. So make sure you're, you're spelling it right. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Save More. Uh, let's get into the nitty gritty here. We are broadcasting not live from the United States of hockey after a really exciting gold medal game, uh, at least for us south of the uh, the border. I don't know. This is a really exciting tournament to watch, especially for me this year. I think with without the NHL happening, um, you know, coinciding with it, this was really the only hockey we had to watch for the last couple of weeks and, and months. So it's quite welcoming. Me, yeah. How did, how did you feel just kind of watching all this unfold over the last few weeks? A little bit partially relieved because there's something I could do every night for a week. And then a little bit like, hey, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't actually be doing this considering Germany was playing with like 10 skaters in their first two games. So, you know, a, a mixed bag, I'd say. It, as as all of 2020 was, there were many decent moments that you couldn't enjoy with everyone else, right? And then there was a lot of moments where we're like, wow, this kind of is terrible because it's a pandemic. So kudos to the double IHF for pulling this off without anything major. I don't know if, if you could rightfully justify that because yeah, like kind they, of. they did come in with <laughs> a few teams shorthanded, but you know, they at least made it through without having to cancel any of the tournament games themselves. They got rid of a couple of warm-up games, but it's not a format I'd love to see again. Don't get me wrong. I, I hope that this doesn't have to be another thing in a hundred years, let alone next year, but kudos to them for putting on a good show as always. And not that much overtime this year. So yeah. you have to go to a dreaded shootout to determine 
literally anything. I mean, of course, they, they got rid of it in the gold medal game to begin with, but the games themselves, as one-sided as some of them were, they at least were moving right along in terms of pace. So it was kind of the perfect way to ease back into, we're starting up with the NHL next week, so everything's just going to go from 0 to 100 really quick, even though technically the ECHL has been going on this whole time. Nobody mm-hmm. tell them. <laughs> True. And, and we're going to get to the U.S. And, and stuff in just a second, but uh, just because you did mention the, the lopsidedness of a couple of those games, this happens every year. There's one game like the Canada-Germany game where Germany was severely shorthanded um, and coming Very off severe. of the second half of back-to-back. They lose 16-2 to to Canada, and people are like, there shouldn't even be in this tournament. We got to limit it to like four fucking teams or something like that. I mean, I it's think funny it's clearly like, obvious what side of the argument I'm on, but yeah. The, how do you, the Canadian fans will say, oh, talk about class after the Americans beat them in the gold medal game. And then, yeah. you know, they, they beat Germany 16 to two. Well, you know, they don't really have a team to begin with. Well, okay. But if, if you want to talk about class, I, I honestly don't care. Run up the score as much as you want from U twenties up. It's professional at that point versus if it were the U 14 or U 16 tournament in that case, don't run up the score, but anything from here on up, I don't care how many goals you score. I would like to see a format be better in that maybe you play teams of your comparable nature, but I do understand that for Germany and Slovakia, this is huge just to be in this moment. And for Austria, it's just huge to be part of this and go up against some of the best junior talent in the world. I mean, all these players are going to end up playing professional hockey somewhere, whether it's, you know, even the SPHL or the SHL across the pond, wherever they end up playing, they have more talent than any of us have. So I, it's not too bad if someone's like, Hey, you know, what about the class of winning 16 to two, one game? Fine. It's when it's four games in a row when you kind of might look at the format and be like, maybe we could do this differently. Yeah, for sure. I get that. And, and, you know, especially for Germany this year, it's like they came in, they had the COVID issues. They like pretty much half their lineup was wiped out. They were playing with like two lines. Like it's a fucking <clears throat> like Mike's youth hockey tournament. You know what I mean? Tim Stutzler ended up being their entire team. Yeah. And my goodness, he was phenomenal. Um, but like, even you look at that, it's like, okay, they come in, they lose five, three to Finland team. That ends up being pretty strong. They get shit on by Canada the next night, which again, obviously Canada, very strong team. Germany, super shorthanded second half of a back to back. Canada's coming in fresh. That happens. But then they bounce back. They beat Slovakia in overtime. They beat Switzerland. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in the quarterfinals. So, you know, it's not like they got a lot of their team back in that process, but it's not like they came in here and lost every game 16 to 2. They came in and they ended up making the quarterfinals and they gave Russia a pretty good run for their money, a two to one game. I don't think anybody would have pinned that after losing 16 to two to Canada. So one of my favorite things about the German national program these days is in addition to Tim Stutzla and Leon Dreisaitl, it's the fact that former Bruin Marco Sturm was hired as the general manager of the men's national team and head coach back in 2015. So you can literally go back five or six years and trace the beginnings of where they're at now and how far they're going to go to, I mean, ultimately his entire career as one of the more prominent German players and Dennis Seidenberg as the more prominent defenders, but just the, the culture that's been instituted from the top down has yielded this result where they played such an incredibly close game with Russia. The final score two to one should tell you off the bat that it was a lot closer than people would think because it wasn't four to one. It wasn't, you know, 
what ended up happening to Russia against Canada in the semifinal where the Russians got shut out five to nothing. If that had been the case in the quarterfinal, nobody would really be taking Germany as a potential threat in the years to come, but it was two to one. So they should be on the rise and it will be very fun to watch. Yeah. Two to one against a Russian team that opened the tournament by beating the eventual gold medal, the United States. So it's not like, you know what I mean? This is just some, it's not like they're beating, no offense, Austria, you know, or losing to Austria 2-1. to one. It's 2-1 to one against a, a, a hockey powerhouse, you know what I mean? It's also so. poetic how USA lost their first game and then ended up winning gold, winning every game thereafter. And Canada won their first game and every yeah. game thereafter, except for the gold medal game. Yeah, the whole... I'm just saying, the hockey gods work weird sometimes. Didn't give up an even strength goal all tournament until they gave up two to the U.S. and lost the gold medal. Not, you know, whatever. People in are talking. Shutout. <laughs> in a shutout. In a shutout. Big deal. <clears throat> um, well, I do have some other countries I want to talk about, but since most of our listeners are in the United States and Canada, let's just get right to it. Um, gold medal game and stuff leading up to that. Uh, look, it's the greatest. It's the greatest matchup in international hockey. One of the greatest matchups in international sports. I mean, USA, the greatest international matchup I would say is the Bruins and Canadians. But you know, all right, uh, literally from international teams. Just both of those are international, technically speaking. <laughs> fair, fair. One of them is literally called the Canadians too, but they spelled the French way, so it doesn't count. Rough. I mean, look, coming into this one, Canada was really pumped up, uh, and that's not just because we were all watching TSN on sketchy streams. Uh, the Canadian team, top to bottom, a lot of talent. You know, I don't think anybody's going to deny that. They always are very good, but especially this year, we're really pumped up. And the thing I heard the most about was this team is relentless. They are constantly pressuring the puck, both ends of the ice. They are on you as soon as you touch it. The United States really needed a perfect game or something near perfect in order to knock off Canada. And if I'm Nate Lehman, who was the head coach of the United States, I am fucking thrilled about the performance that his guys gave because they were really near perfect. And the thing that everybody was talking about, about Canada, obviously besides their talent, like I just said, was how hard they worked for the puck and the United States outworked them that game. And that is what won it for them. So give me your thoughts on this kind of whole thing in general, but um, especially that I'm, I'm interested to see what you think. Well, in the gold medal game, the U.S. played Canada's game for 40 minutes and they played their own game for the final 20. That, that's ultimately what it came down to. And it's kind of funny because on my own podcast, I was bashing Team USA like oh, this. There's no chance they'll win because Dylan Cousins is going to be a, the MVP of the tournament. Trevor Zegras, as great as he's been, you know, Cousins is beating him in goals scored. They're tied in points, but he was beating him in goals scored and he just hasn't shown up in the clutch moments that you need him to. And then, of course, you know, who ends up scoring the second insurance goal? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course. But uh, I like being proven wrong in that regard. So what I was actually going for was reverse psychology. So kudos to Team USA. <laughs> and uh, once again, I am right in my analysis. So, you know, it, it they did come out playing the perfect game. They scored first and they scored early. And then Canada looked like they were just lagging behind for the first two periods. It was truly beating them at their own game. And then the third period, yeah, the, the team USA ended up getting outshot and they finished the night being outshot. But, you know, I guess uh, York's pretty good at the defense thing and was a captain and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, Spencer Knight, kind of our guy. He plays at BC. Both of the goalies were Florida Panthers prospects, which is good news if you're Roberto Luongo in the goaltending and excellence department. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Also, bad news if you're a better Luongo and you're hoping for the Canadian goalie to do a little bit better <laughs> yep. on Canadian soil. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, that game was in Edmonton, not Vancouver, like in 2010, where Luongo got to be like, "Hey, they did the thing in front of my eyes." I forget who was playing <laughs> that game or not because Mario Mario Brodeur existed at the point in time. But uh, we try not to remember Sidney Crosby's gold medal winning game. Never happened. Nope, <laughs> didn't happen. Ryan Miller made the save. So, <laughs> you know, this tournament. I watched it with enthusiasm, but probably not as much as in years past because I did not think Team USA had the team coming into it. I thought they would surprise people, sure, because they always generally do. It's either a great surprise or, oops, we finished six. But they won it all, and that's even better. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. After that opening night against Russia, I was a little worried. You know, not that you can judge too much from the first game, and obviously Russia was the toughest opponent that they're going to play in that in that. And no one's round played round. in like nine months. So yeah, there was, of course. There there's the there's so many factors up in the air there, but there were definitely some things where I was like, you know, the goaltending was a little shaky, and the defense didn't look the best, and you know, the offense scored three goals, but it wasn't necessarily explosive. But just a completely different team throughout the rest of the tournament. And obviously, it's like you know, you're playing the Czechs, uh, you're playing Sweden. Who, to be fair, is a pretty good you know country all. Pretty good country, actually, first of all. But uh, when it comes to hockey, obviously, uh, you're playing Austria, who you're, you know, like you're obviously going to kick the shit out of the United States. So you don't put too much weight in a game like that. That being said, like coming after that, pretty strong performance from the U.S. all around, took down Slovakia. And then obviously the semifinal against Finland was a close one. Um, I think they looked really good for most of it. And then store fell apart there and Finland almost pulled another one of those comebacks. I mean, they did really. And then, and then, blew yeah, that it. would have been team USA surprising us in the wrong sort of sense. Right. Because yeah, it was like, yeah, Hey, yeah. they got out early and they're doing great. And that's why Finland's just been a, a dominant team in years past is that they always have an ability somehow to cause a comeback. Mm-hmm. They might not overcome the other team, but they will come back and either, be one goal shy or tie the game. And in this case, they tied it. They almost beat Team USA. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really impressive performance by Finland, um, which I think we'll close talking about because I, I know we both have a couple things we want to say about them. But to keep it kind of on track here. Yeah, uh, kind of on track. <laughs> yeah, like very, very. Fourth, fourth time in a row in the gold medal game that they beat in Canada. Yeah. Just for the record. Just for the record, yeah. You know, I mean, the U.S. kind of a – the United States hockey, you know, it's dominant. Four and one um, overall against Canada for the gold. Just saying. Yeah. We'll just throwing that lines. out there. Look, we're just stating the facts for the people out there who are interested in the facts. I'm a journalist. You know, I mean, Lancey's got experience in it there too. I love we're my Canadian friends it. dearly. I'm just spouting the facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was super impressed with the United States. Again, I, I said the other day on the podcast, which just went up, today and yesterday uh, i guess yesterday but i i really didn't think canada was the team to beat here and uh well i guess by the time people are listening to this like the day before yesterday or whatever pretending it's friday already (laughs) yeah i don't know but yeah i mean i i was on the record saying i thought canada was team to beat the u.s is gonna need a good one and they got it uh like i said i mean the u.s obviously a lot of talent offensively zegris was clearly the standout defensively was york like you had mentioned um and spencer knight was fucking phenomenal on goal especially last night Canada really started to turn on the Jets in that third period. And uh, the one that really stood out to me was that one backdoor leg save he had, which shout out Chris afterward tweeted, I don't know how how Knight left his pad down there, which I don't know either because he had people jamming at him. Um, But he was rock solid. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. Also set records for 
set shutout records for the tournament as well um, in hindsight, which was, which was pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the biggest thing from a team perspective for me was that, especially in those first two periods, the U S really like just looked hungrier. It was, it comes down at the end of the day, hockey is a game of puck battles, a team game, but it comes down to individual or smaller games, right? All those puck battles and you win hockey games by winning those. And the United States was first in the puck and they were harder on the puck early on. And they got a couple goals out of it. And that ended up being the difference maker. The defense was strong. They had this Brad Marchand, but if he was American energy to them coming Mm -hmm. into the game, (laughs) the bulletin board quotes being like, we're going to win this and -hmm. then actually doing it. And then people freaked out because they brought a barrel out, not a trash can, but they brought a barrel out because supposedly they had something going with that where they're like, one barrel at a time. I don't know. It's questionable. It's USA hockey. So. (laughs) I will say this decision making uh, from the top down, but I, I did read the stuff afterward um, from from Layman, who is a former head coach at Union College, actually, right by where I grew up, but also kind of fuck Union. I'm, I'm more of an RPI guy. I applied to a uh, job there and I didn't hire me. So Union. All right. You might yeah, deserve then, to lose some time. Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> I'm showing off my bias here. Uh, let's go engineers. But uh yeah anyway i mean i guess there was something to do with some old story about some big desert and you know a bunch of people died across the desert and the way they got people to survive was by laying barrels out and pretty much you'd get to one and the way you would keep going is because you would just be able to see the next barrel at the end of the horizon so that was the mentality that they used i guess was one barrel at a time taking things you know whatever most things with america is about (laughs) yeah yeah right i don't know i like to think it was water in there probably oil yeah dirty oil money but look i mean realistically they probably knew they were gonna get some backlash bringing a barrel that is oftentimes used for trash onto the canadian ice after beating them but also like with the canadian team's logo on it and yeah you could just coincidentally place a trash bag in there and be like oops it's not a barrel anymore it's a trash barrel yeah Look, this is this is the best rivalry in international hockey, and with all the events of, I guess by the time you're listening to this, one the last everything going on, this is relatively harmless, and it's something to get excited about and yell at each other for in a way that nobody's gonna get fucking killed for. Hopefully, Jesus, you never know. In 2021, now I guess um, this is very true. And I mean, Vancouver did riot after a Stanley Cup final. We got to keep that in mind. And that was ten years ago. Thanks for making me feel old now. It was. It was. That was hilarious, though. Good times. Yeah, they. they, I mean, they knew what they were doing, but they also had a fair enough excuse where people could be like, it wasn't just like they were blatantly disrespectful. They just like kind of shaded over some other stuff with it. So you win some, you lose some. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, I was really impressed with the the turnaround the U.S. had. They looked really dominant since that Russia game. Um, and again, a, a really near perfect performance for a, a good win against a very strong Canadian side. Um, a very pleasant you know, we, surprise. We no joke complaints here, here. But yeah, I mean, we're joking around a lot about Canada, obviously, but they absolutely deserve to be there and, and no disrespect to them all. They're a very promising hockey program as always. Right. Uh, so it, it, there's a reason that, you know, we're pumping the U.S.'s tires so much for beating them. Finally, they decided to be good after yeah. like 50 years of eh, results in the world juniors. Mm-hmm. Standout plays for me, obviously, were the goals. The couple Cam York defensive plays, the one diving with the stick, and then, uh, you know, a couple just really strong defensive plays. I saw one on the left side where he just kept somebody from driving to the net. You know, that kind of defense oftentimes really overlooked uh, as a also former defenseman. That's the kind of stuff that I probably appreciate a little bit more than other people. 
but you know, those opportunities can very quickly turn into opposing goals. So I definitely wanted to give him a quick shout out. And then I love um, the Turcotte goal for all the reasons. Yeah. As a forward, that was just beautiful. And I would normally be the person that passes to other people. So (laughs) same, same, definitely more of a a pass first kind of guy over here. Definitely more of a David Krejci style player. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then a David Poster. Upon this rock, I shall build my (laughs) great forces. (laughs) As always. And then, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Spencer Knight, especially last night was just phenomenal. I won't pretend to be a, a total goaltending expert in in you know the same vein as another great friend of the podcast, Silverman. But I do know when you come out of the game with a shutout and three in the tournament, that's pretty fucking good. So, Generally pretty good. Yeah. So shout His goal against him. average was, was a little higher than you know Levi's goal against average, but I mean at the same time, Canada outscored their opponents forty-one to six in the entire tournament. U.S. It was a little closer to pretty much dead even, but the final result is all that matters. And the USA got the gold. Heck and right. Um, so, yeah, we'll be basking the glory for the next year. Uh, can't wait for, you know, the next time around. Hopefully, the whole coronavirus situation is, is a Maybe lot more relaxed. <clears throat> and hopefully we can have fans again. Yep, for sure. I've always wanted to go see the Edmonton Mall. Because <laughs> it's going to be an Edmonton Red Deer again. Sure, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a cool idea. <laughs> Edmonton Mall. Bars in Edmonton. <laughs> that's gotta be something um has to be but yeah so let's close it out here talking about finland a little bit more because they were you know obviously they came up short against the u.s but uh they almost played the upset coin again after uh doing did. it just was it two nights before was it against yeah two nights before against sweden with a pretty ridiculous comeback just i know you wanted to shout them out so i'll just, I'll just hand the floor to you well, it's worth shouting them out because if you remember in the bronze medal game, a Bruins prospect was guaranteed winning the bronze. And in this case, congrats to the Finnish Bruins prospect, of which I don't have their name in front of me, but they were just drafted in 2019 in like the sixth round or something. So congrats to him. Finland has been a, a fun team to watch really since Patrick Laine came through in World Juniors. And I think they're, they're still kind of at the peak of their performance. Whereas Sweden has gone down in recent years, especially this year, they ended up losing their 54 game consecutive preliminary round streak. So, you know, Finland's kind of picking things up and taking off where they left off. I don't know. I just, I'm excited for Finland to see what they do in the next year and two and so forth. I think Russia, you know, while they were disappointed with the outcome They'll probably the four superpowers ended up being the metal games. It, that's pretty much it for the next couple of years, at least. So, kudos to Finland. You have decided you're better than Sweden now, and uh, maybe we'll get the Finnish version of Peter Forsberg, also known as Timu Solani, in the near future, <laughs> or the next uh, the next Tugarask. So exactly, <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> um, yeah, no impressive stuff from Finland. I mean, uh, they looked pretty down and out against Sweden in that game, and then. You know, there's plenty of time left for a comeback, but uh, I guess the way in which they did it, scoring with 23 seconds left to take that lead was just really exciting. The Finns um, play a game similar to the Americans, and that's just fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm sure if they were playing literally anyone else besides the U.S., I would have been rooting for that comeback to be finished right? off. If we were Finnish, we would be rooting for the Finnish. Yeah, if I were literally anything other than American, I would have been rooting for that for, for Finland in that one. Um, granted, they do have a soft spot in my heart, but whatever. Uh, because Tuka, among other reasons, but yeah, a lot of a lot of it is Tuka. <laughs> to we, we gotta love Tuka here. Yeah, we do. Um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. Any any final words on the on the World Junior Championship? I mean, it was great to just be watching hockey again. And and yeah. again, I, I kind of mentioned this early on, but like any excuse to like, hey, USA Canada, like I'm always about it. So yeah, it just sucked that we didn't get to see it until the Colt Mel game. I mean, on yeah. one hand, great marketing. The first matchup is the most important one. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I'd, I'd normally love to see them play each other on New Year's Eve just because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it gives me something to do. I never go anywhere or do anything exciting. <sighs> So, at least I got to watch U.S. and Sweden, but Sweden had just lost the night before, so it was like, yeah, everything's over now. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and that second matchup is usually kind of fun because it's like, how much did they learn from that first one, and make the adjustments, and it becomes a little bit more of a coaching battle and stuff. Then, and then the Um, Canadians might not go for as many excuses and be like, well, you know, if we had played them before, we would have known how to beat them. Well, you could have watched literally any of the games and you would have known how to beat them, but you didn't. And you didn't, and you lost. So, but I still uh, love you, Canada. It's okay. We'll see no, you. We, we see do. you next year. We do, and I might be trying to like break into your borders really soon, depending on how this shit goes in the U.S. So, depending on uh, <clears throat> gestures at everything, everything, <laughs> literally everything. Yeah, big time. Uh, big time vibes today in the U.S. Where the the dog sitting with the the entire house burning around with this is fine meme going on. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, Everything's fine. It's it, narrator. It was not fine. Yeah, we are, of course, recording this on Thursday, on Wednesday. Sorry, I guess technically it's Thursday now because it's almost after midnight. Um, but Wednesday uh, during the <laughs> I guess after the uh, <laughs> the armed siege by terrorists of <laughs> of the U.S. Capitol. Um, but we're going to have more on that on Monday. So feel free to tune in for that. I'm sure very uplifting and inspiring conversation. Uh, before we probably get hammered and talk about hockey afterwards. So you mean we're um, not already? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right, Lancey, real quick. Uh, you dropped your, you kind of mentioned the podcast, I guess, beforehand, but for yeah, that's who, uh, down the frozen oh, river. If yep. anyone's interested, by all means, you do not have to be interested. I also write stuff on Couch Guy Sports. You, Ooh. by all means, don't have to be interested. But I did write something cool about Marco Sturm and uh, lately a certain captain who has now departed the Bruins for a team in our nation's capital. So there's that. Check it out oh, if yeah. you want. If you want a good and, cry. And people can find you on Twitter. At Lancey53. That's L-A-N-C-I. And then the number 5-3. And all three of the Bruins and Bruins gang have now joined Lancey's Fantasy League. So get excited for more uh, more of that sloshed up content. In the next cause chaos. Fun. Hell yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, all right, Lancey, thanks for uh, jumping on here after uh, Chris and, and Drew fired me and then I took over sole ownership of the podcast. It's the, um, only, way it. <laughs> the only way to do it. Uh, of course, you'll be on again real fucking soon, as usual. Uh, I'm always around. Thanks for joining. <laughs> USA all the way. You know what they yeah. say. We'll do it again next year, Canada. USA hockey, do or die. Do or die.